Thank you to Studio Sweden Headphones for sponsoring this episode of Film Fracas. Guys, yeah. don't we love our friends over at Studio Sweden? We do. We do. Those Swedes know how to make a good headphone. They do. Uh, they sent us two pairs of their Regent on-ear studio headphones, and uh, Brett and Phoenix have been playing around with them for a few days, and they absolutely love them. Yeah, I got the white pair. Brett has the black pair. Um, they're not noise-canceling, but they feel like they're noise-canceling because yeah. I cannot hear a thing besides what I'm listening to. The sound quality is great. It's stylish. It's comfortable. They're Bluetooth and wired. Bluetooth is, and wired, which mm-hmm, is actually really mm-hmm. helpful. Um, one for recording this and two just to use on my regular day-to-day. That's real nice. Mm-hmm. They Currently, come in a number of stylish colors. Yeah. Yeah. Not I, just one. I, I, the number is two. Two. Yes, yeah, black or white. No, both, both, it is just white. Both stylish. Very, very much designed with the consumer in mind, and yeah. I really appreciate that. Currently, you know, the headphone market only offers you one of two things, style or technology. And these headphones absolutely give you uh, mm-hmm. what you need in each of those categories. If you want to get your own pair of Studio Regents or any of the other great pairs of headphones that they offer, go to studio.com right now and uh, buy yourself a pair. And when you get to that uh, little part at the end, put in discount code FILMFRACKS and you'll get 15% off your purchase just for listening to the show. What, what a steal. Mm-hmm. What a steal. Fantastic. You Don't know what? Practice? I'll take it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Uh, studio headphones, studio.com, enter code FILMFRACKS to get 15% off any purchase you make on their website. It helps us out. It helps Studio Sweden out. All uh, caps? All caps. All caps. Yep. All one word. All one word. It's yep. <laughs> film fracas. Like you just you're screaming it all at once. Film fracas. But anyway, that's great. Help support the show. Help support Studio Headphones. We love them so much. Thank you for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Now on with the show. Previously on Film Fracas, a returning special guest, Graham Hellboy Gora. Are they all one note? Yes. Here's the thing. I would say a lot of them are a lot like the animatronics that inspired them. Of course. <laughs> Do you know that Flotsam and Jetsam are actually King Triton's two exiled sons? No. Nope. That's why you never hear about them? Ooh, I'm intimidated. So King Triton outlawed music, and it's essentially The Little Mermaid meets Footloose. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Go. Hook it, hook it. God, that's, that's cool carpet. The Ocean Moana is off-brand carpet from the lab. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. All rats are men and all uh, mice are female. Tron? Tron, Tron baby. Brett no doesn't know what a computer is. Do winners and losers. My winner for this week is probably Aladdin. I'm just going to jump off that and say my favorite as well is uh, uh, Aladdin. Atlantis. My favorite is also Aladdin. It's got to be Aladdin. <laughs> my vote is going to ultimately go to Tron. I got to say Pirates of the Caribbean. For this week, I think we got to derez Tron. I got Yeah, I got to give it to Tron. It's got to be Pirates of the Caribbean for me. I would like to think that someone just got rid of Tron, but actually what happened is someone just picked up a computer and threw it out the window. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the show, everybody. What's up? It's me, Robbie DeShazer, here with another great episode of Film Fracas. Guys, I'm so excited to be back in our normal recording place, but I'm not the only one here. With me, as always, I've got Phoenix, the party Zamboni Zarola. Hello! Carter, the whole effing show, Spilliards. How's it going? And Brett, uh, featuring himself on other people's podcasts, The Rock Johnson. What is up, everybody? Happy to be here. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, uh, talk about that real quick, uh, Brett. So today when we're recording this, which is May 23rd, uh, a brand new episode of the Demon Trash Podcast came out with you on it? Yes. Uh, my friends over at the Demon Trash Podcast, you can find them on SoundCloud and iTunes, find them on social media at Demon Trash Podcast. Uh, they invited me on the show. I was happy to be there. And it was just three 20-somethings there talking about life. From memes to movies to debates about whether the first Harry Potter movie is a Christmas movie. It is not, by the way. No, it's not. <laughs> Regardless of what you hear on that podcast. But uh, yeah, they, that was their third episode that was released today. Uh, go check them out. They're good people. All right. Yeah, and if any of you are Team Brett fans, hashtag Team Brett, <laughs> you want to check them out. Thanks, Phoenix. <laughs> but yeah. This isn't the podcast where we talk about what other podcasts we've been on, though. This is Film Fracas, and this is episode four of season two. What? Disney version. Disney edition. Disney. What movies have we got left, Uh, Carter? Well, I'll tell you. We have five movies left. We have Aladdin. Yes. Atlantis Lost Empire. Very good. Beauty and the Beast. I love it. The Little Mermaid. And we're rocking with Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse the Black Pearl. All right. Shouldn't it be we're sailing? We're rocking on the waves. Yeah, we're rocking we're on the waves. You know, don't rock the boat. Don't here. rock the boat. In the pirate oh, ship. The pirate ship. What are you doing? You're in yellow, yellow summer. It is amazing <laughs> that we have... Oh, whatever. Anyway. Three, three of our uh, five films remaining are water-based. Mm. Yes. And one is absent of water-based. One is absent of water, yes. <laughs> Yeah, there's a fountain in it. Yeah, I'm sure. There's the fountain that uh, Jasmine and Raja <laughs> play True, true, true. And Beauty of the Beast has snow, so that is a water-based precipitation. But yeah, last week... 100% uh, of these films are 70% water. Exactly. But yeah, last week uh, Tron got voted off and got uh, kicked out of the castle. Did not have the best side characters. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. But this week, we're not talking about side characters. We are talking about... About best story. All right. Story. 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 Carter. Yeah. <laughs> Explain. Like, go into detail about, about story. What we're talking so, about. this is actually not dissimilar from uh, when we talked about story last season. So we're gonna make a bad call. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Would not be surprised. <laughs> so we're talking about all things story. What is the movie about? What happens? What's the plot? You know. Is it interesting? Is it good? How does it compare to the others? We're going to fracas it out, man. It's going right. to be an exciting time. Um, it will be a time. It will be a time. Exciting a can be we, judged by you. That we experienced. Yes. Very much so. Well, all right, let's uh, dive in here. Let's play the fracas. Let's all do it. right. What is our first movie? I think I'm going to go backwards order from uh, oh. what's on my list here. Let's start with uh, a classic, as all of these are. But this is maybe one of the most classic. Beauty and the Beast. What could this be about? I don't know. Perhaps mm-hmm. uh, Beauty and... Uh, the Beast. The Beast. It's right, a story about a candlestick that just uh, wants to get laid. That's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the story is really good. Yeah. Um, it's very classic. It's very it's classic. A tale as old as time. Yeah. A song as old as rhyme. Yeah. We talked about it 
last semester, uh, or not last semester. semester, last episode, sorry, I am a new new graduate, by the this way. This is not a, hey. this show has never been divided into semesters. Yeah, last episode, uh, we talked a little bit of, um, about how I like the, the stakes of this um, movie, and I think it kind of ties into its side characters, where um, everyone living there is kind of a representation of what is the problem and what needs to be solved and they're kind of victims of it mm-hmm. and so i like is in a, i like that there's stakes beyond just their relationship which mm-hmm. i think is yeah really well done so uh one thing i think we've talked about it in the past with this movie maybe in episode two, uh the first episode when we talked about gaston and how he's kind of the flip side of what like your Prince Charming would be mm-hmm. for, you know, a standard Disney movie. But other than, and I think this movie often gets praised as being kind of a flipping of what it normal, what like you would see in like a Cinderella yeah. or something. When like, and Belle, I would say it's not maybe it's maybe not necessarily that. Like yeah. it's it's it is and it isn't. I would say it's yeah. This not, is something I've been struggling with no, when thinking about this movie. I would say it's not when you look at the characters individually because their character has differently strong uh bell is a very strong independent female character mm-hmm. um and then you have the beast who is definitely not a prince charming and you have gaston who is not a prince charming and then the beast is prince charming in the end but he's not for the majority of the movie mm-hmm. right and you have a lot of all the everyone in the movie isn't quite the role that they would normally fit in but mm-hmm. overall when you look at the movie it is you know yeah the they're gonna fall in love is, uh Parental figures not evil in this yeah. one, but they're gonna you know they're gonna fall in love. They do. They live happily ever after. So it can only be so different. But I would say compared to maybe some other Disney movies, especially ones we might talk about today, this one does do a little bit more to well, change it, the formula. It, it's the same overall fairy tale structure. Yeah. It just and that's it, it. Just flips the tropes around a little bit. I dare say bit. that's that maybe what all of our films are today are the kind of fairy tale structure. I, that's kind of the Disney. It's model. kind of the Disney yeah. model. So I don't. It's it's difficult. It's just who does it better than others. Right. Basically. Right. Yeah, and there's yeah, some yeah. differences that we could still talk yeah, about. No, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, I would say, and I'm just bringing this up for the poll of the room, if uh, one quick thing to think of, um, there's a bit of that issue with Beauty and the Beast and having it being seen as like a Stockholm Syndrome movie, because... It's not. Of the, like. Yeah, of the princess being, I guess, I abused, I kind of and eventually, the thing. Be, eventually falling in love. Yeah, we can discuss that now. I I say it's not Stockholm Syndrome. It's getting to know somebody. He lets her leave, and then she comes back. The fact that he lets her leave and she chooses to come back kind of shows that it's not Stockholm Syndrome. And it's like, yes, like when she first gets there, he's like, yeah, like you will trade spots with your father to be the prisoner. But he gives her pretty much free reign of the entire castle, just except for the West Wing. And so it's like, she's... Like, she can't leave, but, like, I wouldn't necessarily say that she's, like, a prisoner in the traditional sense who falls in love with her captor. It's, she learns more about the beast, and she learns, like, what's going on. And it's, I see it as more of just two people learning about each other and one person changing for the better because of it. It's not, oh, this person captured me, I'm in love with him now, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I never really have thought... Of the Stockholm Syndrome thing either. Um, kind of what you said. Because okay. she at any point... I mean, he initially puts her in the cell, but then she gets let out. 
And put, I mean, she at any point could have left. Well, yeah. He did swipe at her. That's true. Yeah, he. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying he's he not. Learns he learns to be better. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying he doesn't start as a hostile captor because that's yeah, that is his character. That's his character. That's, but I'm that's saying like the crux of the story. Yeah, because Stockholm syndrome kind of implies that she could never have left. Well, she really still couldn't have left. Like, I mean, she at any point could have walked out the door. He wasn't holding her. Yeah, it's not like he was gonna like go out and kill her if she tried to leave. No, but when, like, when she does. You know, I guess she leaves the one time and gets, uh, like, surrounded, or like, what it, but when she leaves at the, to go save her dad or whatever, like, he gives her permission to leave, like, (laughs) implying that she still couldn't really have left before then. That's true. Like, he's, he's like, go, you know, like, yeah, he's gotten soft and probably would have let her leave at any point in there, but, like, there's still an implied, like, power dynamic there i i saw that as more of like his like he was starting to change and like you have the whole song like something there where they both kind of realize like oh we have some kind of connection and so i saw that as more of like oh it's not like the power dynamic it's more of the like him like reluctantly being like yes you know my situation i know my situation but like it's okay for you to go there are things more important than me right now and i Mm -hmm. understand that not so much as like Oh, that's I'm, right. Yeah, I am your captain. Yeah, I have my power. Giving you, like, yeah. my permission yeah. to leave. I thought it was more of like it's, it's all about the su- subtext. Is that the yeah? Like, kind I didn't. Of, like, I mean, this to, would be like just a preferred reading versus a uh, mediated reading of some kind. Not quite an oppositional, but like a yeah. Like the the way that Disney wants you to see it is that he's you know grown as a character and that he you know which but yeah I like I I can understand your point of view but. Yeah, I disagree I also with it. I don't think that I, it necessarily makes it a poorer story what? for it. No, I, I, it's just one of those things, like the bad Disney theories. It just like really grinds my gears. It's just kind of like, it's not it's not Stockholm syndrome. Well, it's not really a theory. It's more just like someone it's having a no, I, bad I, I, I messages. Say like, yeah. it's like on that same level as those okay. Disney theories, where like it's just like I'm just like no, it's dumb. Oh, that like, doesn't I'm, grind I'm not my gears. It is a Disney theory. I'm just like it's not Stockholm syndrome. Why would you say that? Like yeah. Tarzan and Elsa are not related. Why would you say that? Right. I was <laughs> gonna say, I'm Tarzan just and Elsa gets me more than this. They're in that sphere of like, no, it's dumb. Why would you say that? Yeah, but, yeah, but it's like, also obviously not intended for that purpose. Like, they could make a movie about Stockholm syndrome and do it more explicitly. This yeah. is just yeah, people having you know too much time on their hands to read into a children's movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, shall we move on? Yeah, let's to... uh, take on uh, Aladdin. Aladdin. All right. Okay. Um, what is this movie about? It's about a guy um, who gets thrown in jail and then hoodwinked into finding an omnipotent genie, and then he falls in love, and then has to beat the bad guy. Yeah, that's a I guess the plot version of it. Yeah. 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 It's I, not. It's not. This one's not quite as complex. Yeah, no, it's not like this one is much more straightforward. not real. This, really a layer. To this it. is very much more guy gets. Guy yeah. gets girl happily ever after. Mm-hmm. This one's very it's it's very circumstantial too because if he hadn't been in certain places where he was or if he had like denied Jafar in the jail cell or at any point in time the story just wouldn't have occurred. It was just because yeah. the circumstances happened. Well, even they then did. like if Aladdin hadn't bumped into Jasmine in mm-hmm. you know in the, the marketplace. Market. <laughs> yeah. So this one's a lot more yeah, like 
Yeah. I mean, Convenient. we can't we yeah. can't dwell on that too much because you could just say like, oh well, if you know Bell wasn't forced to go into the house or something. Like when you get to that circumstantial, it just get you. Yeah. Well, I would. You could apply that. To, you could apply circumstance to a lot of movies. I get what you're saying. That's true. I get what you're saying. He's, he's not the most like. There's not a lot of active stuff that yeah. he does, and it's, yeah. there's no other layer. Yeah. But I, when when you get into like too much like nitpickiness of that, that's true. It yeah. can be just be applied to everything. I would just say it's. Aladdin is more at fault for that than maybe some yeah. other movies. So one thing maybe, I would, yeah, one maybe. thing I would fault this for is the fact that the genie is. I mean, a genie's convenient. Like we're not. I know it's like a part of the. It's kind story. of a built-in Deus Ex Machina mm-hmm. anyway. But like the fact that, you know, the the genie's there to move the story along mm-hmm. at will. Like yeah, you know they could have spent more time in the Cave of Wonders, but because Aladdin, get you know yeah he tricks him into giving him an extra wish and getting them out of there. And then, you know, they could have spent a lot of time, you know, Aladdin could have tried to go woo Jasmine and it doesn't work. And so he comes back, he could have come back before he goes to the genie. But a lot of it's just like, Hey genie, this is the problem I perceive that I have. And Oh great. It's fixed now. You know? Yeah. I mean, even just the opening with the merchant selling the lamp, Mm -hmm. it kind of sets it up to be like, this is just a story. Like, yeah, there's not really much layers to it. There's nothing like... There's no really big ending unless... I don't know. You could maybe draw friendship or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, because he gives the genie... Because he gives the, the genie freedom. Yeah. But I that would be a stretch. It's really just like, <laughs> right. this is a tale. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, and some of the motivations... Like Jafar's... Yeah, we talked bit, about that in the first episode. That... <laughs> I mean, Jafar wants power, and that's great. He wants great. power, and that's pretty much it. And, like, really the whole movie, the whole reason that, that Aladdin has to do the whole Prince Ali is because everyone's concerned with Jasmine having to marry a prince. Because that's the yeah. law of the land. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's just what that whole area is kind of... It's yeah. just a little difficult to... Yeah. Well, because he doesn't mm-hmm. even really have to fight for Jasmine yeah. to like him. You know, there's no... They just have that instant connection. Mm-hmm. Which is great. I mean, it, like, yeah, it's fine. we yeah. can't fault love it. No, like, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to say that either. I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, we start getting into the territory where we're like, oh, it's love at first sight. What are we going to do about that? And it's like, well, you know, yeah. a lot of these Disney movies yeah. are going to have... I mean, if we want to... If we want to, like, talk... Like, give it one, I guess, credit or talk some positivity for it. It is kind of... I like that it's about, like... It's a movie about this kind of nobody who mm-hmm. kind of ends up um, saving saving the day in terms of, like, stopping, like, great force of evil. Granted, he has such a powerful thing on his side, yeah. but that feels very classic Disney. Yeah. Like, the yeah. nobody or the person yeah, who no one expects the, to, like, overcome. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I will exactly. give credit that kind of the final confrontation is not... I mean, Aladdin does end up outsmarting Jafar there. He does. Like, they could have very easily, you know, come up with some way for Aladdin to get around him not being the genie's master. And, you know, they could have mm-hmm. come up with some way for him to wish Jafar away. And he he does outwit him there. That's true. So for all the talk of, you know, Aladdin not being super active, he yeah. does. Yeah, no, make I the mean, ultimate decision. That no, does. yeah, that's true. And Aladdin, I wouldn't. I would say Aladdin isn't very active in the story, but that doesn't discredit like 
his skills as a character. Yeah. Because, like, he is, yeah. he's very savvy and he's very clever. Yeah. And that's kind of established throughout mm. the film. Yeah. It's just the, the circumstances that, like, move the plot of the film along right. aren't his decisions. Right. And we can right. talk more yeah. about Aladdin in depth if it were to make it to a future episode. Yeah. But I would say that he, that he is, is, uh, like that that kind of thing at the end very much is like established because the character is so yeah steady. that's like, more about the character yeah like I like I agree with what Carter said it's like he's sort of uh, thrown into things like he's thrown like it is a lot more circumstantial than like just since we just yeah. talked about then Beauty and the Beast like like Phoenix said like you could like argue about like the circumstantial and coincident like coincidental yeah. moments of like any movie but just just like the surface examination of it's like. Yeah, since we did right. just talk about Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin is a mm-hmm. lot more. Well, and yeah, and like Belle takes a more active role in her story because she goes to like discover. She confronts, goes, she confronts Gaston. Confronts Gaston, confronts the Beast, goes to. So she's definitely taking a more active role, whereas Aladdin's just kind of passively going through it. He's passively going through it, and he's the chosen yeah. one. Yeah, Aladdin's like. Pretty much. Like, what, what, like, would it be. Would it be fair to say that Aladdin isn't as character-driven as Beauty and the Beast? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... I guess that's where that kind of comes from. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah? Anyone have anything else to say about Aladdin? Yeah, I would say that just... it's While it's not as character-driven as Beauty and the Beast, like you're saying, it has its standouts and, like... Well, yeah, yeah. But the story revolves around those moments rather than the overall arc and right. story. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of like what Carter said about it yeah. being more like so, yeah, incident-driven. Yes, yes, The Little Mermaid. This one, I um, would say with Beauty and the Beast is like the not as um, conven- convention-challenging <laughs> version of the, you know, boy falls in love with girl, or girl falls in love with boy in this case. And you know, but Prince Charming Disney tale. Um, I would say that it is earlier. So yeah, not it is earlier. And I will burn. say, yeah, I will say that Ariel at least does take a more active role than Aladdin because the whole movie is based off of Ariel, like making this decision of wanting to be human. Right. Yeah. It's. A, I mean, it's a story about you know somebody wanting agency mm-hmm. and then taking that agency and maybe learning from bad decisions that they make with yeah. that. Uh, where I think a lot of the story gets its strengths in this movie is watching Sebastian, Scuttle, and Flounder try to figure out what the hell they're going to do to help Ariel get her voice back. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of fun to watch. I think. Yeah. And that's where it's, you know, it gets to deviate a little bit from the passive princess story like Cinderella or something, mm-hmm. you know? Her side character, companions. Yeah. Know. No, this one's definitely more dynamic than like a... Cinderella or a Sleeping Beauty, right. which are very much very traditional by the book, mm-hmm. or even Snow White. Um, this one definitely is better than those, right. but I would say perhaps not as um, as as I guess challenging as Beauty and the Beast, because like right. Ariel is a more independent character here, but she's not nearly as independent as Belle. Right. Um, so. My only real kind of like the the first thing that comes to mind about the Little Mermaid were like uh, is just uh, sorry I'm sorry Phoenix you were gonna say I'll 
I'll pass it off to you and I'll try to get my thoughts back. Yeah. I mean, I'm just Sorry, kind guys. of I'm just kind of still debating on the whole like Beauty and the Beast being more like complex and subverting. I mean, I understand that, but also I don't know if that makes it better than like something else that's just classic, mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about Disney stuff that's because true. they're subverting itself. Yeah. And so subversion doesn't always mean Better. That's true. Yeah, and, just, if, and if it's Disney, it's more just like, how well do they do this thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just how much like do you value that? Yeah, yeah. That's I, kind of an on us individual kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and I would say I don't know if I would even. I think personally, um, I guess this is the little going back to Beauty and the Beast, but no, I think hard. personally, it's not. It's like sub. It's subversive and different and a little more complex, but it's not that much to no. to get like. Maybe a lot of uh, not a lot of praise for, but it's you know it's still very similar. It is very similar. It's it, not. It's cha- like, it's a it, little it, change. Like, yeah. It's it, it's like I said, like it's the same overall story and plot structure. It's still a fairy tale, yeah. like almost every Disney movie. It just changes the tropes around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. But even then, it's like, I mean, he's still like a handsome prince at the end. So it's like, is it even? You know, it's like like the movie's like, oh, it's you know about inner beauty, but then he's like a prince. So then it's still our beauty in a way. And that's just getting into Disney problems and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, let's go back to Little Mermaid or whatever. But (laughs) Yeah. Um, So what I would say is you have, oh, once again, you have a little bit, I guess you can, we don't need to get too nitpicky about circumstances because then Mm -hmm. you're like, well, how was uh, Eric's ship crashing right over Atlantica? Mm -hmm. And you're like, like, well, it was. That's. (laughs) Yeah. Geography. I don't know some, what to tell you. <laughs> some things you do just have to take and face. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and with this one, um, uh, Ursula's not dissimilar from like Jafar mm-hmm. um, in that she really just kind of wants power. I think she's perhaps a little more clever than right. Jafar about how mm-hmm. she go about it, how she goes about doing it. Yeah. Because Jafar kind of just he like he he has his whole plan to get the lamp and then he fails. And then he just kind of happens to get the lamp at the end. Right. Um, and we, we talked about that. Yeah. Antagonist. Yeah. But, uh, but okay, I think I figured out what I was trying to say. <laughs> but, uh, like, Ursula, like, yeah, like, this, like, the story is, like, about, like, Ariel, like, trying to get agency. And, like, and it's going, like, we see it's, like, oh, it's because of these choices that she's making is why these things are happening. But then, like, Ursula just kind of, like, pops up. And is like, oh, hey, here. And then that's what kind of gets the rest of the story going. And, like, that for some, like, to me, just, like, think about the other films that we're talking mm-hmm. about. It, like, it stands out a little bit because, like, Jafar, like, you see Jafar from the get-go. You see Gaston from the get-go. We'll talk about the other movies. But, like, Ursula is, like, she just kind of, and we talked about this in Antagonist, she just kind of, like, shows up at this random point in the movie. And you don't see her all that much. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, I, I feel, like... There's just something about it that just kind of stands out to me. It's like, oh, here's the villain. Okay, she's gone. It's like an oh, imbalance here's, 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 of the story. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like that, it, like it feels like that stands out to me as kind of an imbalance. I, yes. I agree. I, I think it works if you look at it as a story about agency, though, and that's because like she's given a false sense of agency from uh, Ursula. Like she's given legs, but she can't do nearly as many things as she was able to do before she, you know is given this sense of this false sense of agency. So maybe like yeah, if you're looking at it at face value, but I feel like if you read it as like one cohesive story, especially about like this search for agency and stuff, 
I feel like I've said it a lot, but mm-hmm. I think um, I, I was talking more about just how like the story unfolds, not yeah. what the story's about, just how it progresses. Yeah, like, I just feel like it's like, smoother when you think of it that way rather than being like, and then the sea witch shows yeah. up to and your, the sea to witch your disappears. Point about <laughs> Ursula just kind of I, popping up. I had always kind of viewed the movie as like even because you kind of see it, um, but you don't see it a lot. But I'd always kind of seen it as like Ursula watches Ariel mm-hmm. and then like well, that's when she sees she's most vulnerable yeah and we talked about that too I'm, I'm strike. Just, so I think I think this I, one at least you have Ursula has more forethought it's not like she just randomly yeah, popped I, up I, and I know like, and like and I get that and so it's like yeah the face value like I do accept like oh she is this person that is around but again just like comparing it to the mm-hmm. other movies yeah it's like oh okay yeah she's been watching but it's like are you telling me this is the only time Ariel has ever been is vulnerable or like there's nobody else or yeah yeah so, I'm, but then that might that might be getting a little too mm-hmm. nitpicky about it and, yeah right. I mean like all of these movies I think their stories definitely like work I don't think anyone here is gonna say that these stories don't oh, work yeah, yeah. but no. when we have these kind of movies and stuff it has to get into even like even if it still works can it be better mm-hmm. and, and that's like kind of mm-hmm. what we're having to dive into and I agree like it's weird how she is gone for a lot of it and it don't, they don't even like I guess necessarily show like that she's planning to come back or whatever she's just gone and then comes back if that makes sense so yeah. like it could you kind of I mean not you don't forget that she's there but it's it's a weird imbalance like you're you go a long time without it and I think just from a structural standpoint it's very odd mm-hmm. and it could be mm-hmm. tweaked better yeah yeah, it gets it gets it gets lost in just the love story. And then yeah, it doesn't. Well, you yeah, have the love. Yeah, because you have the love story, and you have Sebastian and friends trying to like yeah. help Ariel out. Yeah. yeah, and you know Le songs <laughs> Like you, you have a lot of stuff that still happens. It's not like you know mm-hmm. just because no, Ursula no, disappears I, for like, a bit. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I, I was just saying like that's something that sticks out to me is yeah. like kind of a big imbalance. Like that doesn't discredit all the other stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see it. I see what you're saying about it as an imbalance. I don't know if it messes up any pacing or anything like that for me. Like, like, yeah. That it sounds like we're getting more into more the more subjective kind of. Yeah, that's area, exactly. But, but that's, what, that's neither. That's here what we get later. into when we start voting later. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. All right. Um, Atlantis. 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 All right. Atlantis. Finally, Atlantis. a Atlantis. Extremely complex story. <laughs> To a degree. To a degree. To yeah. a degree. Compared yeah. to the other ones. I mean... <laughs> to a very large For degree. Disney, I guess. <laughs> yeah. This um, is one where... So, my issue with it is I feel like every is there's the search for Atlantis. Yeah. And then you're given a lot of information all at once, and then it's over. Like, at least to me. And that, I mean, that, like, you get to Atlantis... Mm-hmm. And then you have to learn everything you can about Atlantis in a span of 15 minutes before the last, you know, 30 minute battle or whatever, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. know how it exactly comes out time I mean, code wise or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same with Atlantis, like Aladdin, where it's just like, I mean, what is this about? It's just like, well, it's, they go and then, you know, it, it like stuff like goes down and then it's over. There's no like real met, like takeaway or kind of like layered thing I would o- say over it. This one's more about like. Because it's established early on that this mission to Atlantis is this guy's Milo's life's work, and then it was also his father's life's work, and so it's like this whole journey of the son trying to fulfill his father's like dream and like 
that whole kind of thing going through it and there's this whole journey to this kind of you know undiscovered place you know is this even a real place and then they get there and then it's you know having to save the civilization that's kind of doomed yeah but that's still not anything layered that's just more of his motivation yeah. like like we're saying how you know if little mermaid's like there's oh, like a, like a thing of agency, agency beauty is about inner beauty about inner beauty yeah Atlantis um, and Aladdin are kind of just stories again. That's true. Yeah. Like, Which is, I mean, again, not yeah. necessarily something to knock. It's just something to consider. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would just say, like, comparatively to Aladdin, Atlantis is perhaps a little more dynamic of a story. Yeah. There's more There's more components to it. There's more stuff that happens. What I will say is, if we uh, have an imbalance with Ursula showing up in The Little Mermaid, we definitely have an imbalance with Rourke in this film. Like, yeah. Rourke, well, Rourke very quickly turns and... You don't have any reason to believe that we've talked because we've talked about it as a strength with these side characters and with Rourke is that they're drawn in cold ways that they could be evil or they could be good guys and we're led to believe that they're good guys for the entire time and then very quickly he becomes the bad guy. But I wouldn't fault that because that's a twist. So it's like would it's you, a twist because like, it, because with Ursula you know she's the bad guy and so it's not a twist. Bad girl or bad girl. <laughs> It's just not a, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, she's just like not very, like very well evenly distributed throughout the movie. Like Rourke is the bad guy, but it's because of a sudden twist that you learn this. It would have given away if they had shown he was the bad guy at the beginning of the movie. Right. But I feel like there's still very little that builds to the twist. Like it feels very sudden. That's how a twist works. That's not always. That's not. That's not, that's not how a twist works. A twist always, you should be no. able to. I feel like a good twist you should be able to put together the piece, or at least like when it happens, look back and go, "Oh, I see how that." Ha-, you know, I, I mean, see the elements of it beforehand. Yeah. Like, and they do. They do piece some of it out. I don't think it's the most sudden twist, but. I, I don't think it's necessary. It's not the same problem that Ursula has, I think, with like a villain imbalance. Yeah, I just think the story is, I guess, a little unfocused. Um, uh, just because it's like, like, like how you said, mm-hmm. it's like the whole thing is to find Atlantis. And then at the end, it's just like to save to it. To save Atlantis, yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily, I don't think, see that as like, like I, I see like finding Atlantis being like, uh, maybe a story or like that's the purpose yeah and then or saving it being one but the fact that it's just both is like why why it's just cramming too much mm-hmm. in i think yeah. You know? yeah to springboard off of that and combine it with what robbie was saying earlier like there is just like like there's so much that they do in this movie and they try so hard to focus on both parts mm-hmm. that like they both kind of suffer to an extent for it because you said you said like oh like this is about like Milo, like this has been Milo's dream. This was Milo's grandfather's dream, and all this. But you're just like thrown into it. And it's like, okay, why should I care about Milo? Tell me about Milo. Let me mm-hmm. get to know Milo, so I can care about his quest. It's just, oh, this is what Milo wants, and nobody likes him because he's a nerd, or yeah, something like that. And it's like, right. oh, we're going to like, okay, Milo wants to find Atlantis. Okay, Milo's gonna go find Atlantis. Oh no, the sub got destroyed. Okay, they're still going. Oh, they found Atlantis. Okay, now they gotta save Atlantis. And there's just so yeah, much that yeah. you never like they don't spend any time to like let you like they have this amazing world mm-hmm. that looks so good but they never really take the time to like build it up or let you get invested mm-hmm. in it there's always it's always just one that's true it is it's, it's always just yeah. one thing after another and we talked about this in uh, i think the first episode yeah. house is like one of like the darkest like most mm-hmm. like mature things but it's like the way it plays out is very just like oh no they gotta save atlantis 
and it's like yeah it's it just it just goes so quickly that it's like okay like this is a dark dark theme like this is genocide this is wiping mm-hmm. out an entire culture but the way that it plays out and the way that it's paced and everything it's just like it just comes mm-hmm. off as the oh we got to save the city it's like yeah. oh the simpsons movie oh we got to save springfield like yeah. kind of thing yes yeah. i will say that it's very i would i would agree that it's very kind of like like the whole movie is very plot driven like mm-hmm. it, it's all right and now the next thing all right and now i have to go on to the next thing and then all right here's the next thing it's not there isn't very much time to like you know stop and smell the roses so to speak right yeah um, and that's kind of my biggest yeah like yeah. negative on it or yeah yeah because like, no, it's, yeah that's a very valid criticism this movie it's, takes a lot from other great adventure movies like indiana jones and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. which i would say in indiana jones you have a similar thing where it's like we find the Ark of the Covenant and then yeah. we gotta save it from the Nazis. But, like, I feel like it's much more integrated mm-hmm. in like, stories yeah. like that. So in something you're emulating, yeah. but you can't quite pull mm-hmm. off that subtle switch there. Yeah. Cause then if, the- if it feels a little jarring to, like, feel like there's two segments of the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, then when they get to Atlantis, it's like, oh, we gotta learn to speak the language. Okay, we can speak the language. It's like, oh, let's learn about Atlantis, but only a little, oh, like... Okay, we found out like the super secret history of Atlantis. Oh no, now people are evil. Oh no, now the king's dying. Oh no, now Rourke's gonna explode. And it's just like, it's just so much. And it's like just, yeah. yeah. I just feel like there's just oh some like it's not bloated, but there's definitely like just like a hair too much like trying to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just unfocused, like un- un- yeah, yeah, or like without that's, that's, yeah, not it's, there's no real direction or whatever. It's just doing stuff, but, which is like. I mean, it's an adventure movie, so it can it can do that for a little bit because you ha- kind of have to like explore a lot. It kind of has to be a little like just next, next, next. But it's I think it it loses some of its like it loses some of that feeling and like of like of enjoyment when they're already there, and then it's still just next, next, next. Yeah. Because then it's like, well, the adventure is technically over. So like, why is it still just the the, the I don't know. No, I, I totally yeah, get what you're saying. I would say yeah, I would. I don't necessarily agree, agree that it's unfocused because mm-hmm. I think the focus of the movie is finding and saving Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um, that like collectively is the focus of the movie. Um, so I wouldn't say it's unfocused because it's not like they get to Atlantis and then like oh we got to go somewhere else now. Like it's yeah like maybe not unfocused but it's definitely not like like it's not super fleshed out. Yeah, it's yeah. like they like like I said earlier yeah. like they have this well, world but they don't. It's yeah. storyboarded, not screenplay. Like if that well, makes it's sense. Not, like it's, it's not dissimilar from like you were saying, right? Is the Lost Ark in that like, ultimately Atlantis is not necessarily the MacGuffin as much as the like the heart of Atlantis is, because that's like the equivalent to the Ark of the Covenant, because yeah. they're stealing that, and taking it away, and then they have to go and save that. Like that's how they save Atlantis is to save this item. So it's essentially the same thing as like the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. But what I would say is that, like, like the Ark of the Covenant yeah. or the Holy Grail. No, yeah, because those all have build up, and then the Heart of Atlantis is very much introduced and then stolen okay. promptly after it's, it's introduced and explained. It's like mm-hmm. Robbie and Phoenix saying yeah. it's just thing after thing yeah. after thing. And it is a very exposition heavy movie. Yeah, and yeah I think. And I that think... comes with, you know, that's an issue that it sets up from, from the beginning is that we don't have any idea what Atlantis is like beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so. By no f- fault of its own, like they couldn't have really cut between Atlantis and no, yeah, the search because that would have just, they that just I yeah. think that would have felt worse than they just what? had to establish an entire culture in basically fifteen minutes of right. movie because that whole movie is only 
an hour and 35 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's, 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 so it's not a long movie. It's not very long, and so, yeah, they, they very much yeah. had to explain a great deal in a very short time. And, and I think that's why it works better in something like Raiders, where you mm-hmm. have that extra 30, 45 minutes. Right. And that, that's, yeah. the, that's the issue I would say, is when we're comparing it to other films, which at this point, other than Pirates of the Caribbean, are all in that, you know, yeah. hour and a half, 89 minutes mm-hmm. to two-hour yeah. range. You, I mean, just some of these movies make better use of their time than yeah. others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Speaking of pirates, anyone else have anything to say on Atlantis? Yeah. I think I got out. <laughs> I think we talked about I think it. That's it. So let's talk about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do we have to say about it? I feel like just everyone, everyone suddenly was like, like "Yeah, no, this is a great yeah, thing to talk about." I feel like it's a little unfair because this is like this, this is a, this very... is a PG thirteen live action movie that's like two plus hours. This long. is a very full fledged, yeah. like it's and an developed actual, film. It's an actual film, so it's, it's a, like, yeah, it's a little unfair. A, which again, we go back to like luck of the draw kind yeah. of thing. This one, it kind of works out because this is a very well developed, you know full scripted movie with right. a dynamic story with twists and turns but that's yeah. to its advantage yeah. exactly. and yeah. I think it's set up well, well at the beginning similar run times I'm, like I'm, we had what? Mary Poppins earlier in mm-hmm. the season that also has a two hour twenty minute runtime. and I think this movie does this, it yeah, no, this movie does <laughs> yeah. a story better Boy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Especially when you compare it to something Atlantis where we feel like the fault is it's mm-hmm. time or it's, it's runtime. Yeah. if Atlantis just, had been the same length as Pirates then they could have had, really it would really had a lot more stuff to yeah. do. I feel yeah. like Atlantis would mm-hmm. be like because Atlantis is kind of a cult movie yeah. at this point. Like I feel like it wouldn't be a cult movie if it had that extra yeah. time to it. Well, and the thing about Atlantis too, I mean, comparatively to Pirates, is I think if it had had the time to breathe, like we were talking about, right? Because exactly. like this movie, Pirates has a lot of like to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, but they take scenes and time to like sit and like. Think about what's happened. Yeah. Reflect yeah. on and there's the situation. a lot of stuff that's like mm-hmm. set up at the beginning yeah. too. That yeah, we are as viewers yeah. ready to go on yeah. the adventure for. Yeah, and so yeah, there's like there's that scene of like, you know, Will and Elizabeth in the ship and Jack in the brig after the big action scene, and it, it's really one of those instances where they like take the time to breathe and reflect on the situation, mm-hmm. um, and they there are multiple moments like that in the film. And I think that's really what served it more than like Atlantis, and what kind of gives it that that sense of, of of, or it helps the audience at least with the with the pacing. They're able to like mm-hmm. digest what's happened, and it's not yeah. immediately moving on to the next. And when you're talking about something like Atlantis versus Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates, I still feel like you kind of have to figure out with the cast where the next location mm-hmm. or what the next step is. Whereas some of Atlantis, uh, Atlantis, I feel like you're like, oh, it's all in the book, and when he knows, he knows exactly where they need to go, and it's all, you know. I mean, with this it's one, step by step by step. With you know. this one, I think I would say Atlantis and Pirates probably are two most similar movies mm-hmm. um, on this. Like, well, not like overall. Uh, but I mean, no, yeah, I know. What most you're similar to Pirates is right. Atlantis, um, and I would say that like, yes, you have the book that kind of drives the story along but you also kind of have that's kind of like Jack's role basically is he kind of knows where everyone is and what everyone's doing and why everyone like what everyone's motivations are so he's kind of essentially plays that role of like the knowledge keeper to move the story along yeah but he's the knowledge keeper and he still has to at least think about you know yeah oh, no. now we need to go to Tortuga oh, yeah obviously you know yeah that's Whereas true but Milo's books like and it should be at the left up here, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there's just there's more going on yeah. with pirates. It's not just Milo reading the book. It's like 
yes, Jack is the knowledge mm-hmm. keeper, but it's like, oh, Elizabeth got captured. Yeah. Oh, now Will like swapped himself mm-hmm. out for them, and like there's more to it than yeah. just Jack telling them oh, yeah. where everyone is and what all to do. And Pirates also handles its exposition mm-hmm. considerably so better. better. Yeah. Yeah. Like just that scene, just where Barbosa mm-hmm. and Elizabeth are having dinner, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth just tears into that succulent pig, and mm-hmm. he's like, oh yeah, we're cursed. BT dubs got mm-hmm. gold. I want to eat apples. And it's yeah. like, oh, which just, I would I would say like Pirates is perhaps one of the best films ever at like establishing a world oh, and establishing sure. characters because yeah. like Jack Sparrow, his arrival in in that movie is one of the best character introductions I oh, think yeah. in any mm-hmm. movie ever. <laughs> like, and you just instantly know who that character is, and it's this movie's very good at like showing not telling for a lot of things. Yeah. Even right. though it does, even though it has to tell a lot, it but, still does really well. But, at, yeah. And you even get, like, with the curse, when they're, like, invading um, Port Royal, and you have, you when when he, like, reaches through the jail cell and, like, grabs Jack, and he's like, oh, there is a curse. It's very interesting. And, and so you kind of have those seeds planted ahead of time. And so when he goes into the full explanation of what it is and how it works, you have a, you know, yeah. you're kind of prepared for it. That's yeah. very true. And it also works really, just, yeah, they do... The show don't tell like then at the end when they're at uh Ilo de Marta and Jack's there and he like picks up the pieces mm-hmm. of gold and he throws them back and he's like one by one and it shows him like mm-hmm. pocket the one and yeah. Will sees it and then like he gets stabbed and he's like oh I'm a zombie it's like they could have they could have so easily just have it been like oh Jack got stabbed but he's not dead he'd be like oh yes I took a piece of the gold when you were not looking ha mm-hmm. ha but they didn't do that I'm yeah like, no it's it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's good <laughs> yeah yeah that's good. Yeah. Gore Verbinski doing a yeah. good job. Mm-hmm. Gore Verbinski is a good filmmaker. Yeah, I, I didn't think that was something that needed no. to be like confirmed. I thought we <laughs> I'm, just, no. I'm just singing the praises of Gore Verbinski. Wait, what else did he do besides Pirates? Rango. Rango. No, I never saw him. The Lone Ranger, Rango. which I actually liked. The Lone uh, Ranger. That has some merits, but um, we're not talking about that. No, we're no. Not. no. Maybe another day. Probably not. I should tweet at Gore Verbinski. See if he'll listen to us. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but yeah, Pirates has a really, really good story. Mm-hmm. It's like we said. It's almost not fair to talk about it in comparison to yeah. you know yeah. ninety minute fairy tales. <laughs> but, but here we are. But here we are. But so we can also talk about you know the way that it still does kind of do the Disney. Structure. No, no, it does because it's you know yeah. Will is Prince Charming. Yeah, Elizabeth boy, is boy, boy gets the princess. Girl, girl gets boy happily yeah. ever after. I have to go find him. There's just a lot. Jack Sparrow's like the genie, or he's oh, the main character. Who knows? He's Olaf we'll never from know. Frozen. <laughs> a world may never know. He's yes. But so. uh, is there an, anything else on this? Is there anything negative we can say about pirates um, story-wise? This one, <laughs> I don't think so. I think I honestly, I think the first pirates movie is one of the closest it, to a perfect movie. It's um, it's very airtight. Like I often consider it to be Disney's best live-action film they've ever made. Um, that's I, w- I would that's say fair. that's not a. That's far off. Yeah. yeah, this is not hard company. I think yeah. their animated movies are way better. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. My date with the yeah. president's daughter. I don't know. D two with a mighty duck. Yeah, we're not talking about that movie anymore. <laughs> National Treasure. It's called a joke, National Treasure. Robbie. National Treasure two. National Book Treasure. Of <laughs> National well, Treasure three. Book of Secrets volume two. Dude, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Well, if there's nothing else, do we want to <laughs> go on to winners? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But before we vote, uh, real quick. 
let's thank our sponsors mm-hmm. for this episode again. Uh, Studio Sweden headphones. Uh, they were really sweet to us. They uh, gave us two pairs of their Regent on-ear headphones that uh, Phoenix is modeling, even though no one can see them right now. <laughs> this is an audio-only. <laughs> they can feel how good it looks. Uh, these headphones, uh, they give you, you know, style as well as quality sound. Uh, oh, what do yeah. you guys think about them? Uh, the two of you have been playing around with them for the last uh, day yeah, or so. It's, it's, yeah, it's super quality. Uh, when I first got them, I thought they were Bluetooth only. And I was like, oh, it's a little annoying. But they came with a earphone jack, so that's really nice. Yeah, so yeah both. Ear, earphone jack when you want it. Absolutely. Bluetooth when you want it. Yeah. And just, yeah, it's like they're, they're not noise canceling, but I feel like they might as well be. Because when I just, like, I just had them on and I, I could barely hear a sound yeah it was, it's nice yeah and they're not, i would say they're decently comfortable too oh yeah right? yeah yeah they're decently comfortable and for yeah. the price they're really amazing what you're getting these headphones you've got are only like 99 dollars as compared to you know some really expensive yeah. Yeah. other companies yeah. but hey if you want to get yourself a pair candy if you want to get yourself a pair of uh studio sweden regents or any of their other great headphones great stylish looking great sounding headphones go to studio.com and uh, use code FILMFRACUS to get 15% off any of your purchases. That'll let them know that we sent you. And uh, also, you know, get you some headphones for a lot uh, less money. Mm-hmm. We've hit the big times. We're the, one, <laughs> we're the ones giving the discount code. Let me, make, let me make sure that that is studio. <laughs> yeah, studio.com. <laughs> Enter promo code FILMFRACUS. All one word, all capital letters. They got so many different choices for you here. Uh, cool, cool. We love them. We're so thankful that they're sponsoring this episode. Yeah. Uh, but let's get back into the show and yeah. start talking about our votes for this week. Okay. Okay. Uh, so go first? I'll start with uh, my winner of the week. My winner of the I, week. I'm gonna guess. No yeah, big surprise here. That's gonna be uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Shockingly. <laughs> Shockingly. Um, I think this is, as I said, a near perfect film. Um, pacing wise everything wise but st- the story especially is interesting engaging the world they create um in one movie like there's so many franchises now that were like they want they want to be able to create a world as well as pirates did because i mean you if you remember when pirates came out there were so many failed films that came out after it trying to replicate that and they couldn't succeed um yeah. uh, like such as uh, King Arthur was one. There was um, even the National Treasure. Movie National stuff. Treasure, to an extent, was trying to be like Pirates <laughs> like, of the Caribbean. Like, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious because yeah. I can't think of any. No, that's because none of them succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say like the Russell Crowe Robin Hood? No, because that was 2010. But still, like there's but a lot yeah. of early 2000s. There's a lot of early 2000s stuff that came out immediately after Pirates of the Caribbean that I'll, tried to. I'll take your word for it. Bank on it, because like King Arthur even had Keira Knightley in it and Clive Owen and. Oh, how about yeah. that? Yeah. How about that? But hey, they do it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phoenix, yeah. what's your vote? Uh, I was thinking this over, and I think I'm also gonna go with Pirates of the Caribbean. It's pretty solid. Uh, didn't really. I mean, I don't think any of us really had any negatives in it. In it, nothing. There's nothing glaring and nothing I, even like small to I guess bring up. It's. I think the story is one of its strengths for sure. I don't love it as much as Carter does, but I mean, when you present it, when it's when it's good in a certain category, it's good in that category. And I yeah. think Pirates of the Caribbean 
as far as story goes, best the other four. For sure. I am also going to vote for Pirates of the Caribbean. Like we talked about, this is just not a fair category for some of the other <laughs> movies. Um, not that any of them suck in comparison to Pirates, but, I mean, Pirates is just so mm-hmm. good. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's an engaging story. Mm-hmm. It makes two and a half hours feel like 30 minutes. Yep. And I love it. Uh, I'm going to vote for Beauty and the Beast, actually. Ooh. Just because uh, I do really appreciate how it flip like kind of switches those tropes around and uh, subverts things just a little bit, and I also do like how everybody's fate is so like entwined and like central to the story, and just it like like even though it is a tale as old as time, it's like <laughs> this is what George is laughing at you. Yeah, I love oh. the pun. You're not the one who usually makes the. What references I, like that? What pun? Tales oh, old as time. Oh, the tales old. Oh, but, yeah. but uh, like even though <laughs> did it you is, not mean that? Like I, I wasn't meaning to make a joke out of it. I, I had a point. He's trying to be sorry. sincere, Phoenix, sorry. and you ruined it. It sounded like a, I'm it. sorry. But no, like you, even though it is a tale as old as time, like the like the way that Disney did it just kind of makes it like the like almost like most iconic, like most definitive version of the story. Even though that story's been around. For much longer than just since 1991. Mm -hmm. And so, just, yeah. All right. So, as every movie wins, there must also be a loser. A movie to say a bit of fond farewell from the castle. Yeah. You want to go in the same order? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling. Uh Would you like us to go in reverse order? (laughs) No, I think I have one in mind, but I'm not happy about it. Uh oh. Because it's my favorite Disney movie. And that just seems wrong. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I'm going to vote Aladdin today. And that's because I think... I was between Aladdin and Atlantis. And I think where the where the, the difference is, is Aladdin doesn't have enough story and Atlantis has too much for its own good, basically. And I would, I would ultimately, when it comes down to it, I'm like, I, I think having too much story is better than having not enough. Um... So I, I kind of have to say Atlantis. I think he kind of, yeah, just kind of, Aladdin himself just kind of goes through the, goes through the story and um, just gets a lot of, like, really convenient and circumstantial help. And it's just like, oh, look, now you have a genie. Look at that. And then that kind of itself, a genie, like we talked about, is kind of a built-in deus ex machina. And so he himself is also kind of very convenient for him, for Aladdin to accomplish the rest of his goals. And it's like, that's not really a fault because that's what the movie's about, is like the story of Aladdin. And like you said, it's just a story. So, but I think comparatively between those two, I gotta say goodbye to Aladdin. Which hurts me because it is my favorite Disney movie. All right. Strong words. Party Zamboni? Yeah. Um, I was also deciding between the same two, even, but I don't know if it was that hard for me. I'm voting off Atlantis. Just because. Um, personally, I don't, uh, I don't agree that it has less story. I just think it's a simpler story, but I think in its simple story, it's executed a lot better than, uh, Atlantis, which tries to do a lot, but, you know, just doesn't succeed on all, on all, um, cylinders or whatever, not firing all cylinders. And 
I, I there's something about Atlantis that like just doesn't pull me in from the story. I don't know if it's because I feel like it's a little like unfocused or I feel like it's it wanders too much or it doesn't know like where it wants to go necessarily. Just something about it just like doesn't grab me story wise and I don't feel as connected. Whereas I can't say that about Latin. Like even though things are certain or circumstantial and it's got some like hiccups in terms of like actual story progression. I feel very connected and like I want to see where it's going. And then by the end, I feel pretty satisfied. Whereas Atlantis, I'm like, I just feel like I the movie finished and I now see the end of the story. I don't necessarily feel satisfied, but for Aladdin, I do. So for that, I got to do Atlantis. Okay. Um, for my vote, I was also deciding between Atlantis and Aladdin. <laughs> Um, and what it came down to me, I think my, uh, instead of doing like a pro-con list in my head or something like that, I thought back to, I watched both of these movies to death, uh, in my childhood. And what I started thinking about was, if, before I re-watched both of them for this, uh, season, what, uh, that I, you know, what I could have remembered about them beforehand. And while I pretty much beat for beat could have told you Aladdin... I could have told you a few cool moments from Atlantis. And I think we, you know, we talked to death about the problems with the, pa- with whether it was pacing or just how they switched from finding Atlantis to saving Atlantis. Uh, I don't know if that, what is the bigger issue there, but when I started thinking about it, the one that just like, I could beat for beat tell you the whole thing was Aladdin. And when Atlantis just doesn't stick like that with me, I had to choose one over the other. So... Saying bye to Atlantis this week. Not necessarily. Brackety. For me. Oh, okay. I am. Oh, okay. Sorry, there was an implied <laughs> I am. You gotta let people finish. You've been having a problem with letting people finish <laughs> this episode, Phoenix. I'm sorry. I'm nervous. I have these like cool headphones on, and it makes me feel important. <laughs> Ooh, Phoenix, the uh, headphone guys are rolling out. Uh, materialism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In. Don't recognize me. I changed good. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my vote is going to be for Atlantis. Just because, like, Robbie summed it up pretty well. It's like, I could tell you beat for beat what goes on in Aladdin. Like, uh, Atlantis, I could tell you, like, a few of the big moments. But it's like, okay, the sub and the Leviathan, Rourke exploding, uh, the fireflies that actually start fires, the side characters. But other than that, it's kind of like... Yeah, I can tell you the things that look really cool. And just, yeah. And the McDonald's toys. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I started thinking about. (laughs) But just yeah, like uh, Aladdin's simplicity in this case works to its advantage. That's true. And you talk about like the genie being a built-in Deus Ex Machina, except like the genie does have like his own personality, Mm -hmm. and like he's not just there for Aladdin. Like genie's possession and like him getting tossed around also drives the story. Mm -hmm. Whereas like we said earlier, Atlantis is just kind of Milo with all the exposition, the Deus Ex journal, just like. Oh, we gotta go left here. Oh, we gotta go here. Oh, we gotta go there, kind of thing. And just, and just the way, the like all the characters are involved in the story of Atlantis just works out better. I feel like than the way all the characters work out in the story of Atlantis. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, and just in this case, the simplicity of Aladdin is a little bit better than the overexposition of Atlantis. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And with that. We're saying bye to Atlantis. Atlantis. Yeah, out of our kingdom. Farewell, Atlantis, the lost empire. 
How sad. So, it lost again. It's lost, lost again. again. <laughs> Where'd it go? Uh, I can't find it. It's gone. Oh. Well, at least well, your, your favorite movie state. I know. Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't necessarily happy about voting off Latin. Mm. But, but that was just kind of how it felt for me. I was, I was, hell. y'all were, yeah. When you were talking about remembering it, I was like, I was, just because a movie's more memorable doesn't necessarily mean it's got a better story, but that's another conversation. Yeah, I feel, yeah. The, yeah. I feel the same. But the, but what I was saying is like, when I have to choose between yeah. those two, I have to start going to, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, because like, if we were picking favorite movies, I would have picked Aladdin because yeah. it's my favorite Disney movie. Right. Like, yeah. I, yes. I got you. Yeah. We're down to the final four. Down to the final, down to the final four. four. Yeah. Man. We get, and in our next episode, you'll see mermaids, pirates, beasts, and genies. Genies. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and parrots. And yeah. parrots. Jaffa. Jaffa. Hey, Carter, you want to make some recommendations and give your social media handles out? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at C.A. Spilliards, like spill something in a yard and end this. And uh, let's see, what will I be be recommending today? This is neither a movie nor a TV show, but I have been playing a lot of it recently. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, and I'm not actually. I've been playing the first Kingdom Hearts because I'm playing through all of them before the third one comes out. This, this isn't video game frack. I know, or... but it is uniquely. Okay. It is uniquely related to what we're talking about right now, and so I'm not actually going to recommend the first one because I don't really like it that much. But I will highly, highly recommend the second one. So please play Kingdom Hearts two if you haven't yet. Uh, try and play it before the third one comes out. It's a lot of fun. One of my favorite games ever. <laughs> <laughs> you find me on Snapchat at Brett J H N S N number one. Post a review of a movie as close to every day as I possibly can. Uh, you can see it if you disagree or agree. You let me know. We'll talk about it. Uh, I tried plugging myself on the Demon Trash podcast. They had a very hard time figuring out what I was saying. I had to spell out my entire Snapchat name for them. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, anyway, my recommendation for the week is going to be a. Dario Argento's Italian horror film Suspiria. It is one of the coolest looking, coolest sounding horror movies out there. That is a movie that is not remembered for its story. Nope. (laughs) That movie is all about its set pieces and music, which is 10 out of 10. It's so good. Highly recommend. Uh, yeah. Uh, this week, or, hold on. I'm Robbie underscore DeShazer on Twitter and Instagram. Go follow me there. I try to post things that people like. Um, this week... I'm going to recommend uh, the uh, documentary Back in Time. It's about uh, the movie Back to the Future. It's a lot of fun. If you like the the documentary about Trekkies but want a less intense version of that, that's exactly what this is. It's about people that really love that movie and about how that movie is nearly perfect. But it's a good watch if you love Back to the Future. Definitely check it out. I am at Phoenix on Twitter. Please follow me there. I hope I tweet things you like. Uh... If you're, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, this is uh, the 30th, which means uh, Netflix has just dropped season five of Arrested Development, and I'm going to recommend that because I'm going to be watching it while you're watching it right now, if you take my advice and, and go In to watch it. In that case, I'm recommending Solo. I'm seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing it tomorrow. I hope it's good, but we'll all go watch it. This is not the first time that I've done that. I also did that for the Chris Gethard show. I was I like, I haven't it seen it yet. You did that with Legion. Oh, and it was Legion. I had seen the Chris Gethard show. <laughs> yeah, Legion. Which, also, great, if you haven't seen that, second recommendation. But, again, haven't seen the season five, but I'm recommending it already. All right. Okay. 
Well, <laughs> that's thank you guys that's so much. For us. This has been a good good week. Uh, real quick, thank yeah. you to Studio Headphones again. Yes, thank uh, you. Thank we're you. feeling real legit with that. Um, uh, go buy merch at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash film fracas. And uh, use our Amazon affiliate link in the show notes below to give us a little bit more support. Other than that, what a fun, exciting, yeah, and yeah. thrilling, thrilling, nail-biting <laughs> episode of Film Fracas. We'll Thank be back you. at you again next week with another exciting episode. Well, thanks another so episode. <laughs> well, thanks, Brett. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Film Fracas. We know there are a lot of shows on the web, and we are so glad you took the time to listen to ours. Thank you, Brett Johnson, Robbie DeShazer, and Phoenix Zarola for helping to write and produce each episode of the show. There's no team behind Film Fracas, it's just us, so consider giving us a five-star review wherever you listen. It really does help get the word out. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Film Fracas. Once again, thanks for listening, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode.